Well, good morning and good evening, EPL State of Mind listeners. I'm a bit cheerier today, even though we had a rough weekend for the second weekend in a row. But I'm cheery because not only do we have maybe the second best looking guy in the, in the history of soccer to bless Ramsey High School, to bless my house, but probably gives Ben White and, and Mikel Arteta a run for their money. We will have my brother, Christian Tesserero on the mic today, joining Kyle, myself, and Sean uh, with our second spotlight showing today of Chelsea FC. Unfortunately, I think Christian and I differ in every sporting team except for the Yankees. Uh, I support London is red and he supports London is blue, but we're going to go ahead and welcome Christian into the EPL state of mind chat right now, uh, right off the bat. So Christian, welcome, man. Good to have you here as a family member and a friend to us here. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I think you'll be able to enjoy some of my Chelsea takes, even though they've had probably the worst season in 20 years. But, you know, that's just the run of the mill. I'm also a Jets fan, so I'm kind of used to it at this point. Yeah, no, uh, you and father have betrayed me in all sporting events, uh, Giants and Jets, Yankees and Yankees, uh, Devils and Rangers. And now you've even managed to get father to like Leicester City more than he likes mm. Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it looks like know. Arsenal's betraying you at the close here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what type of vendetta everyone has against me in sports, but welcome aboard, man. I'm excited to have you. It will be the first of many. Um, as you know, since you've obviously listened to every single podcast we've ever put out there since the How start of it, <laughs> we're, we, we, we hop into a hot news segment right away. And, and we're going to start off with something that I know you are, are familiar with as well. And it's Juventus and their point deduction scheme due to financial fair play. I, I, if you guys remember way back when when we kind of started the podcast early in January, we had a segment for hot news where Juventus was featured for a 15-point deduction because of financial fair play. Just this past week, their 15 points were reinstated temporarily. I'll put an asterisk next to that because they are appealing to the Italian Olympic Committee's Collegio di Garnazia, which uh, has temporarily reinstated their points. This has catapulted them back up to third place, which is actually exactly where they were when they were given the deduction as well. So they're back in third place, three points above a very good Roma, who's in the semifinals as well of Europa. So we have a lot of, you know, action going on there right now. Now, the verdict will be decided before the end of the season, and it should come out roughly around April 19th. But there's always the possibility of it reaching a verdict that isn't in Juventus' favor. If that is the case, they would be able to appeal it to a higher court, which we've heard before. It's the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland. And this is the same court that overruled Man City's transfer van back in 2019 for their financial fair breach. So we could see something possibly go in Juventus' favor here. Uh, if it doesn't, they'll have another chance to appeal it to a higher court, which apparently uh, has sided with some larger teams in the past. So hot news there. We'll keep you updated on on that developing subject and Juventus's travels throughout Europa League and their their fight for top four in Serie A. But closer to home and some other London team that you and I at least can agree on that we don't appreciate is the shit show that is happening at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium right now. And who else to talk better shit about Tottenham than us? And who has the best information about coaching in all of podcast history is Sean. So I'm going to pass it over to Sean uh, and give us a lowdown on what tomfoolery is, is plaguing Spurs now. Yeah, I'm I'm begging Tottenham to go one week without some fucking nonsense. Just one week. Uh, 
They got blown out yesterday, 6-1 to Newcastle at St. James's Park. It was over in the first 20 minutes. They were already down 5-0. They sacked Christian Stellini and appointed Ryan Mason to take over until the end of the season. Uh, if you'll remember, he was the guy who took over from Jose Mourinho a few years back. Um, but, I mean, this game was an absolute joke. They were played four at the back for the first time in, I believe, 70 games in all competitions. They don't have two good center backs. So, and it showed. They got absolutely blown off the park. Perisic is not a fullback. Pedro Poro is not a fullback. They were absolutely decimated. Um, and this comes at a really bad time because they have a huge week coming up. Uh, they play United on Thursday, which basically is a top four eliminator. If they lose that game, kiss kiss Champions League goodbye, maybe kiss Harry Kane goodbye. Yeah, and then for they sure. go to Anfield on Sunday, which, as we've already established, is not an easy game uh, by any means. So it'll be interesting to kind of see where Tottenham goes from here, but they are a mess at the moment. Um, speaking of a team who's not as much of a mess, let's throw it over to Kyle, get a little rundown on on his his boys in blue and their uh, FA Cup victory this weekend. So right before we hop into Man City, I just want to get your guys' take. Where where are you guys at with Richarlison right now? I got no beef with him. Yeah, is he's he ugly. is he a fifty? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm on board on that one. Fidget. Yeah, I fully agree. He's also just a terrible person. But that being said, <laughs> you guys think it's time for him to just get out of Tottenham? Like, was it a fail? It's 22 games now, zero goals. It's he's netted season. three, but all three of those have been offsides, and all three celebrations have been reminiscent of Bruno Fernandez scoring a penalty, like way over the top. I, it's just tough. I mean, he came into a team that already had Harry Kane as the main act. You're not gonna, you're not gonna overrule Harry Kane, and he's just not a player that's gonna play out the wide. You have Son and Kuliseski. I think freaking uh, Richarlson is going to be the lead man next season when Harry Kane leaves to go to Chelsea because they need a forward more than anything else, or he leaves to go to fucking Bayern Munich. I mean, it's just not, it's not going to happen. He doesn't, if he does not get European soccer or Champions League soccer, you can kiss Harry Kane's history and story at Tottenham. Goodbye. Histy, he's got no history. Zero trophy. <laughs> he's got some records, but that's about it. All right, well, we'll move on. We'll go to City, an actual team. So, <laughs> I mean, a glorious, glorious FA Cup showing. We, they won 3 nothing. Mares hat trick. And that's all he was looking for. I mean, Pep Guardiola, he's looking for a 3-0 win. It's easy. You shouldn't be risking a lot of injuries in a game like this. I mean, the, it was 14-1 to on shots. You know, you let up the one shot they had, you can still coast to a victory with the team you have. Yeah. Um, as far as City played, I thought they played outstanding for the players they had on the field. They had a 91% pass accuracy for the game. Their season average is 89, which is still through the roof. But, you know, even with some of your best players not on the pitch, to have 91% pass accuracy is unbelievable. Um, one quick interesting fact for this game is the fans called to move the semifinals not at Wembley starting next year. They started a little petition, little complaints in social media about it. And their basis was there were 69,000 fans at Wembley for the semifinals out of 90,000 potential seats. There were a lot of empty seats. So maybe find a neutral ground. Hey, like, listen, if, you know, the Manchester Villa United Park. versus Manchester yeah. City, that's the final. That is how it will be. Host it yeah. at a neutral ground. You know, yep. get somewhere where all the fans will go, not just pick the stadium a year in advance. So yeah, that's agreed. what fans are calling for. I kind of agree with them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's how it used to be, too. It used to be that they would have the semifinals of the cup competitions at like a Villa Park and Anfield and Old Trafford, you know, whatever. 
because it made more sense for the team from the North, both Sheffield and Man City. It's like a three and a half hour, four hour drive to get down to London. It's like, just was not worth it. Yeah. And as, um, I mean, as especially Pep for will City, tell it's you, like you're there every year. It's not like a special moment. Yeah. And, you know, the, the bus ride down from Manchester to London can take a toll on its players. Pep yeah. Will tell clearly, you, you since know. Pep will tell oh, you that every fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, it was nice to see Phil Foden back. That's going to be huge for Wednesday's match. He's healthy again, even whether or not he got five minutes or 50 minutes, he's back on the field, which means everything. Um, you know, City also finished the game with five fouls. I thought that's a little bit of class. That's extremely low for a team to finish the game with. Unlike yeah. a lot of other teams out there, dirty bastards. But, you know, City <laughs> stays true. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I think I think Wednesday will be a bit of a bloodbath. Oh, Wednesday's we'll see what be class a, is a going brawl. on, but excited about that. But the complete opposite of a bloodbath would be what? I would throw a peg at the wall and say it would probably be Man U versus Brighton because that was probably the most boring semifinal match I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and we did have a zero. So if you guys don't remember last year's, uh, it was the Carabao or was it FA Cup that Chelsea both. played? It was both. Both. Both were boring, but they both went into – did they both go into penalty kick shootout? Yeah, they were both 0-0 penalties in Liverpool. Yeah, won. but that 0-0 was <laughs> – Thanks, man. That we're already pen- having a tough enough season. <laughs> <laughs> at least that penalty – at least that, that final was 0-0, and it was super interesting, super back and forth. This, this was almost nothing. The expected goals ratio was 1.3 Brighton to 1.2 Man U, and they didn't get anything. It was crazy. So it was pretty evenly matched with no excitement for 120 minutes. And the only exciting thing that happened was a penalty kick shootout, which, to be honest with you, is very controversial on whether or not the game should end in that style or not. But both teams have the same opportunity. And it was the most exciting part of the game. So I'm fine with it. Man, you did end up winning this game uh, through penalty kick shootout 7-6. to six, But we did have our typical shining moments there for Sully March um, other than his missed penalty kick. Which was which was what did Brighton in, but with that being said, we will have for the first time in English Premier League and FA Cup history a Manchester derby as the final. So this is going to be really interesting. Man U and Man City both split their games this year, one win, one win for the both of them, and I think this is going to be a gigantic game, especially for Man City with the the treble in their future possibly as long as we have uh, something to say on Wednesday we can help prevent that and man you can help prevent that as well but it is a very exciting thing to see a derby like this happen for a trophy so we one that we'll talk about for a little while so very exciting to see that come into fruition there do we have predictions any actual score wise predictions not just win or loser well we were looking at when this game is right Sean it's after right now it's like a two months out it's like a month and a month and a half it's in June so I I would say I, I would wait to see who's fit and who's not at that point yeah I mean if I had to give you a number right now I think Man City wins three nothing I was gonna go three one but yeah I, I think it's about right I think I think City walks away with this one just because first of all right now if you know I think Sean made a great point you got to see what defensive line they're able to to field for man you because right now it's you know it didn't do poorly, but it's like whether or not they have to play Harry Maguire. Yeah, that would hurt. Yeah, which they didn't. They didn't do in this cup tie, which I thought was great. Um, they did Victor Lindelof and Luke Shaw, I believe, was this, were the two center backs, and we talked about moving Luke Shaw into the center uh, last episode. We'll keep everyone posted on on throughout the next couple of podcasts when we get closer to the FA Cup final. We'll make sure everyone's aware of that. But for now, because of the FA Cup 
uh, semifinals this week. We didn't have too many games to go through, but we picked our top three, and we're going to give those a, a rundown, and then we'll have uh, Christian talk a little bit more instead of just sitting next to me here looking all good, and, and we'll, we'll <laughs> go from there. So we'll be right back with the, the weekend roundup. feels like it starts out like this way too often as of late, but I will start off the conversation talking about Arsenal again and what a disappointment or disappointing game we had. Obviously, a lot of people out there will say, how could it be this one game? You saw the grit that they had to come back from being down 3-1. Well, yes, I agree. A lot of heart, a lot of grit from the boys, and it's extremely exciting to see from the league's second youngest team, Sean, because we played against the league's youngest team. There you Thank go. You. Thank you for pointing it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I would correct. I, I I had to give that to you, Sean. And uh, it is a lot of heart. It's a lot of grit. But you're playing against a 20th place team. You should not be in that position, especially if you're chasing for a title, especially against Man City, especially when you're playing Man City on Wednesday. And how many other times can I say especially? But especially when you're having the season that you're having, you can't be dropping points. It's absurd. This is our fourth drop points against Southampton this year. We dropped three points against them last year, which arguably was also another turning point in our top four contention last season. And I, you know how upsetting this was for me. I did some serious diving here. We have not done a double over Southampton since their return to the English Premier League in 2012-2013. And Southampton is a team that you should be doing doubles over. It's just not the team to drop points against. It's like West Ham, we had the opportunity to do a double over of them, which we should have, and we missed out on opportunity. Not only did we miss out on another opportunity, but we also let up another goal in less than one minute for the second time this season. I didn't do research on this, but this has got to be a record. There's got to be no other team in the history of English Premier League that is a big six or a top four contention in the position that Arsenal and Reina let up a goal twice in less than a minute. So that's a little fun fact someone can can check it out for me, but I'm not going to do it because I'll just cry again. So you're saying that we need to find a time where a top four team was having a battle with less than 10 games left and then didn't get the double against Southampton. No, just no. I'm saying that they let up a top four team racing in the top four contention or first place, let up a goal throughout the entire season twice in less than one minute. Oh, let up the other goal we, twice. Yeah, that's pretty small. Yeah, that's it probably is, first There's time. no shot that it has, has ever happened before. It's also the first time that we've tied uh, a game twice in a row from being up to nothing, but we, we won't dive back into that. Overall, though, the game was pretty good in the favor of Southampton within the first 15 minutes. Other than that, the rest of the game was was heavy, heavy, heavy Arsenal attack. Uh, we did have a goal go against us and against the run of play off of a set piece that Southampton put in that brought them up to 3-1. At that point, my hands were in my face for the next five minutes. But it does go down as one of Arsenal's most intense games of the season, obviously, because we had some of our late-minute magic continue. And uh, we had an 88th-minute and a 90th-minute goal to, to, to rescue at least a point out of this. Whether we get a point or we didn't get any points, I don't really think it matters in the long run because we still have to beat Man City. But it is a nice, in case we get to look back into the season and one point matters, this could be a great little you know, feather in the cap. 
Absolutely. Other than that, the only real takeaways I have from this is Martinelli continues to be in incredible form that he's really putting up a great argument for possibly the best left mid left winger in the league this season. Obviously there's a lot of contention with Rashford being there deservingly. So, but he's definitely putting up a great argument. Saka, like you said, Kyle had a bounce back game. He had an assist and a goal and he had the, he had the 90th minute goal, which was a nice little rebound off of Reese Nelson shot. So a little more Reese Nelson magic out there, Sean, for your boy. I think he's your cousin, big Reese Nelson yeah. fan, right? So yep. big shout out to him. But uh, overall, it was a demoralizing start and a demoralizing performance for most of the time for us. And it's going to make Wednesday a very, very bitter pill to swallow if we can't do a 180 here. But unless you guys have anything to really stick, stick it to me, yeah. I met our five-minute Arsenal-only quota. So we're, we're gonna... I appreciate that. Yeah, real, real quick, James, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the 10th point Arsenal have gotten this season in the 90th minute or above? Because I think they got three wins, three wins in stoppage time, and that was them claiming the tie. I think that, that well, is was what Man we were talking U, about earlier this year about how you Bournemouth. win titles with that. But it's these late goals from Arsenal that are saving them. Like it shows a lot of class to stay composed through the 90th minute and then oh, get absolutely. the stoppage time goal. Well, let alone two Absolutely. of them in the 89th and the 91st. Yeah, I mean, that was insane. I don't. That's another great fact, because I don't know if that's ever happened before with this kind of scenario where you go back-to-back -back two minutes. And I swear to God, if we had another two, three minutes on the extra time on that, we definitely would put another one, I guarantee it. But yep. that's all speculation. But we did, like I said, these boys are young. These boys have a, a fuck ton of heart, and it's very promising looking on the outside of finishing first place, which obviously is the goal here, there's a lot of things to be happy about. And there's a lot of things to be looking forward to and excited about with this, this London team specifically, the only London team out there. And I look at you, Christian, but I, I'm not. <laughs> what happened two seasons ago? Who won, the, who won the Champions League? I mean, that's just uncalled for and out of left field, Christian. You don't need to bring that up. <laughs> you got to defend yourself, bro. You got to defend, defend yourself. I was a thousand dollars on that, on that game. <laughs> <laughs> I bet on it. I didn't bet that's that true. much. Uh, but uh, but one team that we, we can pass along to and, and kind of have more of a conversation that someone's coming up alive and was also a very intense game that I don't think a lot of people saw going back and forth like this. That was Liverpool 3, Forest 2 at Anfield. So, Sean, uh, you have no time limit. You do whatever you want, my man. You, yeah. you deserve this. I'll try to be succinct here, but um, you were talking about set pieces playing a role in, in the Southampton Arsenal game. This was the set piece showdown. Every goal in this game was scored off of a set piece, two from a free kick for Liverpool and a corner, and the two throw-ins for Nottingham Forest. They look like prime Stoke City. The, the free the throw-ins were killing us, absolutely killing us. Uh, but this game was really entertaining, back and forth. Um, just a couple of notes that I had. Diogo Jata looks like he's starting to, to heat up. Back-to-back uh, -back braces after he'd gone 12 full months without a goal. Most of that time was due to, you know, to injury, but still, you know, kind of a slow start to the season before he got injured this year. Um, he's back to his best, which is, you know, perfect timing for Liverpool who needs the goals in order to make this Europa League run. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was, was Mo Salah scoring the winner. I mean, that guy hits the gym more than a Christian. And I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the strength he shows on that, on that Absolutely. winner to, yeah, to, to basically be, have Froiler wrapped around him completely, hit the ball on the volley in the corner his 16th of the season, and this is his worst year as a Liverpool player. He's still mm -hmm. one of the best players in the league. Yep. Um, 
gives him 183 for the Reds, which is just three away from the GOAT, Stevie G, for fourth all-time in the club's history. Um, and then the last thing I had was just my boy Trent, uh, three assists in his last two games. He's really starting to heat up in that that inverted fullback role that everybody likes to talk about that Arsenal and Man City have been been you know testing out. And I think uh, he's kind of making it his own. Um, he's basically doubled his output on the season in the last two games. So I would be looking out if I was West Ham on Wednesday. I'll just say that. Absolutely. I was, I was surprised that I didn't hear more of the Alex, uh, the Trent Alexander Arnold uh, set piece master masterfulness, because that was the one that he put into Salah, which was on a dime. And I'm happy because I, I used my free wild card this week uh, with the, the EPL fantasy app. And I had Mo Salah and, uh, Trent and after a nil nil first half I was like what the fuck did I do and then thank god because they really showed up in that second half so it was it was good to see that coming from your boys so how do yeah. you feel about I mean, uh, also- what, what's his face for he what did he sign sign with Barca this week that like he's going in the summer I think he's rumored to go he they, they have a yeah fight. I don't know I don't think anything's confirmed yet where I thought going. it was a, I thought it was made official yesterday I had read up on him going to Barca and, you know, we talk about him being a media made man where if he's hot in the media, he's hot on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, going to La Liga, I feel like that's, that's a dangerous move for someone with those attributes. Is that, they are, is that a place that you could see him go to uh, Sean? Yeah. I mean, right. Why not? Listen, they need, they need the help at, at, at the number nine position. He's certainly capable of playing at a top level for another probably two, three years. Obviously he's in his thirties now, so it's not going to be a long-term signing, but. Yeah, I could see it happening. And obviously, you know, the South American influence at Barca's, you know, you only have to look back at their recent history to look at how many, you know, South Americans have gone there and how important it is, you know, if you are a South American to, you know, to play for a club like Real or Barca. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I'm reading up on it right now. It's, uh, it says Jurgen Klopp has revealed that Cody Gakpo can fill the void left by Roberto Firmino after it was confirmed that the Brazilian has agreed to move to Barcelona this summer. Oh, okay. There you go. Is that on Wikipedia that. or what? It, what is that on? <laughs> it's actually personal writing on Wikipedia. I overtook it. <laughs> <laughs> so they just enough. give the they give that to anyone. But all right, well that's no, a good little Trent bit of Krim news. from the Independent. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell love yeah. it, love it. Well, we we're definitely gonna have a lot more transfers rumor transfer rumors flying around, confirmations coming, and there's gonna be a ton coming from one specific team. And it's just going to be an absolute yard sale this summer. And really excited to bring Christian in for this next segment because we're going to ask a lot of these questions on, you know, where he feels the Blues are right now, what's going on, what needs to happen, who's staying, who would you like to see be your starting 11? Tons of questions regarding a team that's going to be a lot of rumors going around on who's staying, who's going, and whatnot. So we're going to be singing the Blues in the next segment. And, uh, Looking forward to it, so everyone stick to stick uh, stick put, and we'll we'll get to it. Well, the big moment has come. Our second guest star, Christian Tesserero. Welcome aboard. Thank you so much for being here, my man, my brother, from the same mother. I hope you're excited <laughs> to to get on board here. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself and and about your following of us and, and the Chelsea fandom that you've had and just, just introduce yourself a little bit, my man. Yeah, well, 
thank you for having me. You know, I'm excited. This is the best EPL podcast, best soccer podcast out there. So I wouldn't this guy flatters do any yeah, other one you, besides this one. <laughs> Come on now. Um, but yeah, I've basically been a Chelsea fan all my life. I think it really started probably around fourth grade. My favorite player was DDA Drugba. I mean, he was just the man. And um, I, you know, it was some of those, some of those teams that we watched all over the time. I mean, I didn't really watch them too many, t- you know, because it was not you're as young. popular. You're as young. It was. Your bigger yeah. brother wasn't a, a college athlete like he was back then. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say this. I will say this. You know, before James got into EPL, I was really the one that was big into the EPL before he even knew. Oh, this is this is how the, this is how this starts. We're we're already getting off track here. This is perfect. <laughs> but I will give it to you, Christian. It's been a pleasure growing up with you and even butting heads with the London rivals. But Today is a spotlight on Chelsea, and it's your opportunity to, to say what a lot of your fans and your fellow companions are probably thinking. So we got a couple of questions here for you. Wait, hold on real We're quick. How, how is it that in the Tesserero family, in the household, we have one Arsenal fan and one Chelsea fan? James, did you not you know, convince your brother that Arsenal is the superior team? He was the team? fan first. He just said it. I was the fan first. Christian I should have convinced him. So this, this is on Christian but, but for a divided household. Yeah, I guess this, this is, is on me. This is always his fault. It's <laughs> never okay. It's never well, not I tell you what, fault. James used to be a big Red Bull fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I used that, to like, like the Red Bulls We're talking MLS. Yeah. So we're going to get right into this first question. And it's Chelsea made 112 lineup changes this year, which is 24 more than any other club. And this includes the incredible mega mind of Pep Guardiola always changing his Man City lineup. So, Christian, what is your ideal starting 11 in this current squad? And who do you see as the core pieces that you need to solidify to build around going forward? Yeah, well, I'll start off with this. You know, the constant switching of formations and lineups is horrible. I know it happens a lot in soccer. But for a team that sometimes they don't look like they know each other's names, that's how bad the chemistry is. You got to have some consistency. You know, you got to let these guys mesh a little bit better. Um, I don't know really what's going on in training if they're not clicking there either. But it's definitely tough. I get we're trying to find out what works and we're trying to find the best result. The inconsistency of these tactics is just driving me (laughs) crazy. And I think it's doing more harm than good. Mm -hmm. Um. And, you know, you see it where you, you pay for a player like Mudrik, and I don't think he's played a full 90. He Maybe once. I don't think so, though. Uh, but he's young. He needs experience. You can see that. It's had a negative effect on him. You see the horrible miss against Austin Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, that was – I think that's a direct correlation of just not playing. You're not informed. Yeah. That's you have be to be playing in order to get your confidence and everything like that. And you, they, yeah. they have not instilled so, confidence in any of their players. No, and these, you know, four managers in a year, that's that's unheard of. So it's definitely tough. But if I were to stick to my starting 11, um, you know, and, and see where we go with the development of a team, because this season's chalked, we know that. Mm-hmm. So I want to get some more experience under these guys. I would go for a 4-4-3, or a 4-3-3, I'm sorry. And I'd have Keppa in goal. I really think... It's a toss-up between him and Mendy because Mendy does perform better at some points. But Kepa, you know, he actually hasn't done terrible. It's, we need a new goalie in the offseason. But um, then I would go with Fafana 
Thiago Silva, Benoit, Kulabali, and then that will be the four in the back. And then I'm going to have Conti, Enzo, and Gallagher. And I know Gallagher could be a big piece that everybody's like, what are you talking about? But he just goes hard. He presses and he he really gives his heart for a team that I've watched and just look lifeless out there. He actually gives effort that you want to see Chelsea players bleed. Um, and then the top three would be Mudrik, Felix, and then Mandueke, um, who is not getting any time whatsoever, but he's young. I think he's about 22 years old. Uh, but, you know, we're just trying to get some experience on these guys and get them to maybe get some consistency within the group. So that would be my formation of 4-3-3 with those guys. And, you know, that's just, let's just ride the season out with something like that. So you kind of answer in your starting 11 for next season, you kind of answer one of our questions that we're going to get into as well. And that's the must needs to keep essentially. And I've noticed that you, you have Felix, Xiao Felix up top. And right now he's a low knee. So is this Chelsea has to open up their pocketbook again for a massive cash out for him? Like Todd Bowley said, you know, he's willing to sign him at the right price. It's not going to be any price, you know, because he has shown glimpses of what he could bring us. But at the same time, he's also not really produced. But it's not just his fault. Mm -hmm. The team around him has just been thrown, you know, together, it seems, which is never, never good in terms of that. And our biggest issue is attacking. We have great defense, you know. I think I saw something where we've conceded one less or maybe it was a couple less than Arsenal mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. So clearly it's nothing wrong with our defense, really. It's more just we can't put the ball in the net, and you, you can't win games like that. No. I mean, if you look at your goal differential right now, you're, you're minus three. You've had goal, 30 goals for and only 33 against, which is definitely one of the better ones. You look at probably the best defense in the league, and that's Newcastle, and they got 25. So being seven off, eight off the pace there is, is not – is not bad. So I think you're you're probably on par there with saying that the attack is clearly the issue. You only have mm -hmm. 30 goals for, which is probably half or quarter of what you guys probably expected with the with the money that you've thrown out there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And with this formation that I would like them to use, we got this defense that's solid back there. You know, big guys, smart, and they've been informed. I mean, Tiago Silva is, is a gift that just keeps giving. Yeah, 38 years yeah, old. Yeah, an ageless wonder. It's know? incredible. And then you get a little bit of more of that counterattack. I mean, Mudrik's speed is incredible. Yeah, he's got to be probably the fastest yeah. player on I, the wing. I can't believe it. Fastest player in the league. It's yeah. ridiculous. And I think you nailed it in the head. you got to give him the confidence. you got to have him have those minutes because you brought him into that. You know, he's so used to from uh, – from, uh, Shakhtar coming in with all that experience and all that time under his belt, you got to keep that ball rolling. You know, you do have a ton of attacking players. So that's interesting. And I noticed that you kind of went away from your, your outside wingbacks, I think because of another reason that we're going to talk about relatively shortly, but I, I noticed that little switch up as well, which is an interesting formation that, you know, Chelsea has been known for, for having their wingbacks playing about a bit of a five or a three back there with those guys moving forward. Um, so it could listen. It's a it's a it's a reinvent the wheel kind of day for you. Um, so anything would work. And I will say this: I left Reese James off. I he's got to get surgery, get healed up. He's looking hurt, you know. Okay. After that uh, UCL exit, he definitely wasn't looking hundred percent. I think he needs to get whatever the surgery that he needs. 
and move forward. So he'll, you know, rest him for the rest of the season. This season's chalked. Yeah. That I was gonna, that's what actually what I was going to ask you about because I feel like I know James thinks very highly of him. <laughs> so that was the one question that I had name. about your lineup. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I <laughs> The other thing I was just going to bring up, I thought it was funny that you did the same thing that Todd Bowley did in his introductory meeting with Thomas Tuchel. He proposed a 4-4-3 formation. Oh, did he? So there would be 12 <laughs> players on the pitch. Yeah. It was like, yeah, what a start. No wonder that that marriage with Tuchel and Bowley didn't work out. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Chelsea keepers have not been that special. Do you really need one of them in the net? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. Well, that's great. Do we want it? What one do you want to lead up with next, Sean? I'll let you ask the question. You want to go with, with two or, or three here? Yeah, I would just, I mean, obviously it's the big question in everybody's mind. Obviously, other than Kyle, everybody else recognizes that Frank Lampard is not, you know, <laughs> at the level of a Chelsea manager. So I'm just kind of interested. I mean, what a joke. <laughs> I'm just kind of interested to see, like, of the favorites. I know we, we listed Nagelsmann, Luis Enrique, Pochettino, and uh, company as, like, the, the four main guys that they're looking at. Right. Who would you like to see in the in the hot seat next year? Yeah, well, this, this has been a circus act, it seems like. You know, we're watching this unfold in, our, in front of our eyes, and it's pretty wild. I've never seen anything like this, but the mismanagement of teams and the appointments that they've got going on, it's definitely comical. I'm not laughing, but people are laughing at us. <laughs> it's terrible. I thought sacking Tuchel was fine. I think people forget that towards the end of his stint with us, we were playing some poor ball. It wasn't it wasn't anything impressive like our UCL run when we got him and you know sorry Kyle <laughs> but <laughs> but you know on to Potter <laughs> I, I <laughs> he doesn't do you know who Chelsea played in the uh, in the in the Champions League final two years ago Kyle nope. I didn't, I didn't think so. I wasn't sure if you would. But. Fun fact, it was actually not held due to COVID. They pushed it back to 26. <laughs> oh, I wish – this is the one time I wish we had video of the podcast for everybody else to see, just to see Kyle's face. It looked like like your dog when you're, le- when you're leaving for vacation, just like hurt, <laughs> hurt. We can, we can nah, figure no, that out. We're going one, back though. on mute. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, so getting back into it, then we go on to Potter, who when we were linked to him, I was never understanding why, because I'm I'm also a big name manager guy. So I like people that have proven themselves at big clubs and big competitions, especially when you're the biggest club in London. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've we've won every trophy there is, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so I think if you're going to lead Chelsea, you have to have some major hardware that you're bringing in from any point in your career as a managerial aspect. So I was really looking forward to someone else other than Potter. Then the Potter experiment happened. That was horrible. Um, I feel bad for the guy, though, because nobody wants to get brought into a job like that and get fired. But then again, he's paid millions. So who's really he's still getting paid, here? even though he's fired, he's under contract. He still gets his contract value. Like, it's not like, Oh, you, you didn't do what we thought you were going to do. Right, We're take right. all that money and I back. think they slashed it some, somehow. There's I mean, probably he's a mutual not getting agreement. the full amount. Yeah. But um, it's still tough to see that. And then, you know, Frank Lampard, he's just a morale booster. He's a cheerleader on the sidelines. You know, that's what it is. Um, and you know, that's what the club needs right now to hold until we find our next gaffer. But 
it's clearly not working at a tactical standpoint. I hope he can just get the team's morale up and kind of get them moving forward to next season and remember why they should love Chelsea and, and have that pride with them. But I tell you what, who I would love, my dream scenario is to get Jose Mourinho back. But it's, you know, it's like a storybook ending. He's always talked fondly about us. Um, and I think with Nagelsmann being out or him him being out on us or us being out on him, whatever the reports were, that's fine as long as we bring in Jose. But, you know, now you're seeing reports today about Mauricio coming to Chelsea. They're pretty close to finishing that. And I'll have to say this. I'm fine with that because his coaching style is something I prefer. He's more pressing and more attacking. And what have we been lacking? Yeah. Any attacking skills. Yeah. So you can just narrow it down to the pressing. Like you said before, Connor Gallagher is the only one that's showing the heart for the exactly. press. I watch Absolutely. Jao Felix. He came in great. He would press so hard and he wanted to prove so much for Chelsea when he first came in. He pressed so hard he got a red card his yeah, first game. And, and then after that, he's <laughs> just a <Absolute> legend. <laughs> it's been horrible. Stallion act right there. It's ridiculous. But yeah, okay. So, all right. Not bad. Here, here's the next question I have for you. Based off of the sheets of the accounts of the balances, the debits, and the credits we sent over you earlier this week regarding Chelsea's current financial crisis, what do you see happening financially for an influx of crash, cash and credit? <laughs> uh, I just got off a long day of work talking about numbers. I, no, I didn't know no, what, what no, that no. was. That was purely um, just to see your reaction. That was a, that yeah, was a gag uh, question. That was, that was perfect. That was good. It every took me back to financial accounting. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> No, no, no. That's not a question. I just want to see how we can put you on the spot. Um, probably upload a photo of that too, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. So a real question is kind of the big one here, and it's what players should be in Chelsea's yard sale this summer? They obviously have an, an influx, of, influx of too many players. They can't even do 11 v 11 on the practice yard because they have too many players. Who's coming in? And going out right away, or who are you getting rid of? I think I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again, man. If I could put Cucurella down five times on the top five people to sell, I would. I seriously <laughs> cannot believe how horrible of a player he's been. And it he's great got this mop, a mop of hair just running around. Um, it just makes me so frustrated because he just the lettuce is natural. <laughs> I think he's horrible. I think. You know, this is no specific order. My top five that I'd say need to get going would be Cucurella, Pulisic, Aspilicueta, Kai Havertz, and Aubameyang. Um, I think a couple of those we already know are kind of on their way out. I'll just start with Pulisic. Um, he's on there because I want him to start over fresh. I'm a big Pulisic fan. He's got a great first name. He's Captain America. Yeah, you know. And I want him to thrive somewhere else where he'll play more and maybe in a more crucial role. Um, so Kyle I think he Pulisic. should probably <laughs> has, a, it doesn't have a nice ring to it, Cal, unfortunately, uh, that, you know, no. Chelsea was big on really good names like James and Christian, not so much Kyle. You can stick to Kyle <laughs> Walker on that one, but yeah, well, I mean, man said he just has class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause they only foul five times in an FA cup semifinal against, uh, each Jabib team, but that's right. <laughs> but, but compared to their 11 fouls was 30 bastards. <laughs> We continue, Christian, please. Yeah, so, I mean, Cucurella, I already got over that. He should never step 
pit on the pitch. Pulisic, we got that. Asvilicueta, he's just old, and he's said to be a leader, and you can tell there's no leadership with this group. So the only thing he's good for right now is since he's not playing is leadership, and he's got that out the window. So he might as well go out the window with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kai Havertz, that's tough um, because I do like him, but he just plays better for Germany than club. Yeah. It's like when he plays for the national team, I get that. You probably have more pride, but we're paying you, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Handsomely. Like, Handsomely, nonetheless. Uh, and he just – yeah. He's just disappointing. When you get to the final third, sometimes his decisions are just not quick bang, bang when they need to. So it's kind of uh, upsetting to see how he's fizzled out. And then Aubameyang, I think he already is, like Kyle said, I think he's late to Barcelona too. Yeah, I mean, one one London's team trash is another's team's treasure. So I, I know you, you saw him do wonders at Arsenal for a little while, but I don't know how it wasn't, wasn't a big tell-off that, you know, the rapid decline in his his demeanor and his ability would would bring anyone besides I don't know how Barcelona joy, but they're they're really linked heavily with him and bringing him back because of his role in the locker room or something like that. I so. tell you what, I I kind of miss Timo Werner. <laughs> like, uh, I had to say it. I was thinking about it. At least when he shoots, it's entertaining. It almost goes in. Some of these guys don't even get shots on goal. <laughs> And, yeah. uh, Did anyone catch Werner's goal this week? It was it was a no, it was a that. cracker, right? It was good. His goal was phenomenal. It was a volley from well outside yeah. the eighteen into the corner. Yeah. Good for him, man. Just just tell him he's playing for for Red Bull London yeah. <laughs> when he comes back to Chelsea. Tell him he plays for Red Bull London and hey, starts scoring. I'm glad he's do his thing, man. Go go thrive somewhere else. I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah, but I also miss Olivier Giroud. I mean, that was we that took was him another from you great guys. gunner. That was. Um, but I'm sure you guys are going to f- segue into the next question about who I'd want to bring in. Well, let me ask you, while we're on the subject of, you know, selling players, your highest weekly paid player right now is Raheem Sterling and Romelu Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku is coming back from a loan with Inter. He's had a love-hate relationship with both clubs. One, because he does well, he doesn't do well, and then he goes away and he does well and he doesn't do well. And Inter's like, oh, we don't need him. Oh, we like him. Oh, we don't need him. Do you want him back? Is he your answer to your forward problems? Oh, he's, he's better than the guys we got right now, as long as we can get him back in form, because mm. he used to be a phenomenal striker. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with taking him back. You know, one, it's going to be tough to be spending all this money and stay in financial fair play. Mm-hmm. I really don't understand the logistics behind that. I hope we're going to be good. Todd Bowley's got to cook the books or something. I don't know what's going to go on. <laughs> He's just going to offer 12-year contracts now exclusively. Dude, just get Man City's accountant. They've been cooking that yeah. for yeah. a decade and a half now. No problem there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would love Romelu back. I think if we can get him back in form, given that confidence, he could be the missing piece we need, and he would be already on the books. You know, We wouldn't have to bring anybody on top of that. I will say this. Romelu, uh, I mean, Rahi Sterling almost made the yard sale, but I forgot he was injured for the majority of the year. So I'm giving him the break because he's just, he looks like a middle schooler out there sometimes. <laughs> when he's got the ball at his feet, yeah, he's he's just dribbling to the corner and then he like actually just gives the ball up. And uh, maybe he's still injured. I don't know what it is, but I can't stand to watch him up top too. I know, I know Kyle and Sean have been a fan of – not necessarily a fan of him this season, but I actually, on a separate note, had mentioned Raheem Sterling as one of my top five flops of the season. 
yeah, he was injured, but he's getting he's your highest paid player right now. He gets three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week, a week, and he looks like a middle school out there. And actually, Todd Bowley in halftime or after one of the games called him out. Yeah. You know, that's what they're suspecting. They've called some of these big names they brought in. They've like, hey, we brought you in. We're paying you all this money. Why aren't you performing? Yeah. And, you know, that bodes well with some people like the fans or but it also, you know, the players probably a little ticked off. But he's, yeah. you know, it is what it perform. is. Well, I think we got time for for one more question here. And uh, we'll go ahead and we'll do outside of the uh, – we got one and a half questions. I know Kyle's got one too. He's been itching this to ask all night since he walked through the door. But it's uh, the first one here is outside of the striker position, what is the biggest issue in Chelsea's squad? I think our defense is fine. As we can tell, we, we talked about the 33 mm-hmm. conceded goals. So it would have to be goalie. You know, Kepa and, and um, Eduardo Mendy is – not our long-term solution. You know, they're fine for right now. Kepka's good, with, Kepka's good with his feet. He can play out the back, but we need a goalie. We yeah. don't need another, you know, player in the field. So I think goalie would be our next our next target. Fair enough, fair enough. I know you definitely don't need any more field players, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. that does – that makes a lot of sense. All right, Kyle, my friend, what do you got? Yes. Uh, also, just, you know, James had mentioned that Sean and I were a fan of Lampard. I want to clarify that. <laughs> Not Lampard, I'm sorry. Sterling. Uh, Sterling. Sterling on Chelsea. I wouldn't go so far to say I'm a fan of Sterling on Chelsea. I just think he hasn't been as big a flop as the rest of them. You know, like, that That being said, I think that gives him the starting position because everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, Christian, question for you. Out of all the players I'm about to list, if you could have two of them right now on Chelsea, who do you take? We have Frank Lampard, Didier Drogba, John Terry, Steven Gerrard, and Wayne Rooney. And then I will even throw in Jose Mourinho as the manager if you want to substitute oh. one of the players for a manager. Yeah. Give in me their, Jose. In their prime. Right now, though, they got to come in their prime right here to, to produce for you. To, to save you. Chelsea squad. Oh, okay. So, all right. We're, we'll say Jose was a gimme. But between Lampard, Drogba, Terry, Steven Gerrard, and Wayne Rooney, you can have two of them. I think I'd take Drogba and Lampard. I mean, those guys actually just bleed for the club. And so does John Terry. No, no disrespect to him there. But I think the way they can just command the game and Drogba can just unleash what he did back back in his prime, it was it was phenomenal to watch. And... um Maybe I watched the majority Especially of the highlights. Champions League, right? <laughs> yeah, he's. But yeah. I mean, he's one of the, the greatest African players to to come along into the English Premier League from Cote d'Ivoire. I mean, he was a he was a just monster. Time, yeah. yeah, just all time. Yeah, yeah. forget about great, location. Great. And Mourinho and, loved and him. Huge in big games, Gigantic. right? Yeah, how many how many big goals did he score in finals yeah. for Chelsea? Like the obviously that the glancing one header, Bayern, but there's the list is endless. So I think I think Drogba's the easy pick there out of the out of the you know the five you guys you mentioned. And then, uh, I mean, obviously, I'm biased. I'm going to say Stevie, but I, I can understand, obviously, going with the, with the Chelsea legend, I mean, Frank. Yeah, gr- growing up as a Man City fan, I used to put Lampard and Gerrard in the exact same conversation as the two best midfielders in the Premier League. Like, you know, right. one might have had a better shot, one might have had a better pass, but between the sure. two of them, you could lead the team. And I'm sure you guys saw what Drugba said about Chelsea recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. that definitely hurt. Yep. 
that hurts <laughs> when, a, when a club legend like that um, says he doesn't recognize. You know the club. what? I'll play. I'll play dumb here. What did he say? He basically said he doesn't recognize the club. You know, he thought they used to have class, and then when the transfer happened, where Bully took over, he he feels like they've lost that, and I agree. You've seen it. It looks like a clown clown show yeah. out here. I think we should we should have the premises that we. I don't think Didier Drogba, Drogba uh, condones Russian oligarchy rulership. Right. I right. think he just didn't <laughs> condone the American taking over and, and resulting in the, what, what's happening right now in the club. Proposing 4-4-3 formation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he loved that part of it. He probably – and listen, like Abramovich to us, yeah, from the outside, like he's a bad guy, but Drogba had a personal relationship with yeah. him. And he's paying the man handsomely yeah. for like, what, eight, nine yeah. years? So he's not going to say anything bad no. about the guy. No shot. No shot. Well, good. Yeah. Well, Kyle, that was a good last little question there. Um, Christian, you got any final Chelsea hoorahs or anything like that you want to get out there besides what is that toilet paper you're holding up? Oh, it's a Chelsea scarf. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, this is what we call a bad podcasting moment where Christian's doing something without saying anything. <laughs> I, up the I was going to say we'll be back. And I was going to say I'm holding up my, my beautiful. Do we, uh, do we give Christian a celebrity pick of the week as well as the pick of the week that's going to come in i think Ooh. it could be interesting so you you know we do yeah, we'll a, can you start off the guest speaker yeah i mean we do a lock of the week this is a perfect little segue into it no need to put on a little bit more fancy music or anything like that but the look ahead that we have here we'll get right into it's it's arsenal versus man city at the etihad this is obviously the game I, of i got the my season. pick already I got it. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Christian, I do as well, my yeah. friend. I mean, do I need a scoreline or? No, you don't need a scoreline or anything like that. But we'll take it. We'll if you want to do a scoreline, score so it's a lot. City. Four nothing, man. That was mine as well. Get out of my apartment. Get out of my apartment. Wow. Or die, baby. I'm yeah, with you. Four nothing. Freaking roommate laughing over here on that. We one. got a Holland hat trick and we got a Mares goal. No. Yeah, next time next time Christian's out in Hoboken, he's gonna be sleeping on somebody's couch, but it's not it's not James's. You're um, right, you're right. Like <laughs> all right, well we have we have we have this look ahead. It's your lock of the week, fine, Christian, whatever you want to say there, but we have the lock. It's going to be I don't know necessarily if it's going to be the title content the, the title decision is obviously not based off of this. There are still a good chunk of change of games going on afterwards, but this would be a gigantic momentum swing or an absolute dream killer. So this is essentially something that will determine the league and the title. And hopefully it doesn't go to Man City for the fourth time in five years, right? Which would be absolutely absurd. I don't think anyone wants to see that besides you, Kyle. I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, maybe you should focus on Champions League and let them know to do that tomorrow on tomorrow, so they don't focus well, on Wednesday. Unlike Arsenal, I can still focus on <laughs> oh, the Champions <laughs> League. So we, we have here, there's only five points separating the club. City does have two games in hand, which has been a concern for a while, but no concern is larger than Arsenal's concern of William Saliba. It is confirmed that his back issue is much larger than we anticipated. He will not be participating in Wednesday's game, and we do not know when his return will be. And it's been said that if he were to participate possibly for the remainder of the season, it could jeopardize his situation moving forward. So that is obviously some horrible news for a young, very talented player that really just came back, who's looking at another contract extension with the Gunners, who has a great opportunity with France uh, now that uh, Varane is is retired as well to step into that role. So really disappointing just to see as a footballer fan to, to hear that news. Um, he will not be 
in the starting lineup, similarly to when he was not in the lineup in the FA Cup, that you guys beat us one nothing. Nathan Ake, Ake will also be ruled out due, uh, due to, a, I believe it was a hamstring injury he picked up during the last match. Um, so he is out of the competition as well. And a little fact that goes in here that Arsenal have conceded an average of 0.9 goals per match with William Saliba in the roster compared to 1.8 goals per 90 without him. So that's going to be really tough. The last time we did play you without William Saliba, we only lost one nothing, and Rob Holding was in the center. Uh, that was also with Thomas Party for 15, 20 minutes until he got taken out due to injury. So we'll have him back. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do for us there. But other than that, Kyle, I don't know if you have anything regarding your two cents on the match. Um, you know, not too much. It's one of those just wait and see what happens type games for Manchester City because you're going to have to adapt regardless of the outcome, win or loss. But James, quick question for you as an Arsenal fan. I'm not talking, you know, happiness, pleasure, but what would give you the most stress? A win, a tie, or a loss? The most stress. I mean, you win, the stress, they hit you because then you're, what, one point up with games or two points up with games in hand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this winning. So, like, I mean, a tie, you'd be a point back, and then a loss would be devastating. But, you know, for your, your poor mental health, what do you not want to see? Obviously, I want to win. I don't want to see a tie because that would that would suck, and I don't want to see a loss because that would suck, and that would, that would seal our coffin. But a win, obviously, would be pretty remarkable, and it would just be detrimental because it would be putting the stress back in, like you said. Unbelievable. But, um Obviously, we'll see, and we're going to watch it here together with a, a bit of a, yep. of a crew on Wednesday, so it'll be First a lot of fun. Live, po- live podcast. If you have any feedback, ideas about how, we, how you want us to structure it, you know, reach out to us on Instagram, slide into those DMs, especially Christians. I mean, his, his will be overflowing. <laughs> you know, get a lot of ladies in there. But you guys. His, <laughs> my voice may match his physique so just try to try to put that together because i'm very angelic on the microphone here i mean it's gorgeous it's It's gorgeous gorgeous. you listen to it nonstop. james most handsome man of the week most handsome man of the week is is christian (laughs) tess on the mic here is christian tessarero on the mic you guys just want me to come back so i could keep shitting on chelsea that's it yeah that's it one (laughs) one of these days we'll convert you to a true london fan full on but i mean other than that the only full Uh, other than that, we do have on the opposite side of the table, we have the, the bra at the bottom. Sean, if you want to read off the little quick little note here or something you want to talk about here at the bra, but go for it and, and we'll get uh, Kyle, uh, we'll no. get your lock yeah. of the week. No, no, no. I just gave my no, lock Sean, of the week. No, it's Sean. It's Sean's kidding me? lock of the week. Okay, so uh, just quickly before we get into the lock of the week, which uh, I would call it the fade of the week whenever Kyle gives it, just going forward. He's one and four right now, just for the record. <laughs> Um, you know, Man City might be good, but Kyle is bad at betting. So. It's true. Uh, but Leeds versus Leicester City, we have we have two teams just outside of the relegation zone. Uh, Leicester is only out on goal differential, and then Leeds is only a, a point ahead of them. That game's at Ellen Road. So this game, I, I for me personally, I'm going to take Leicester. I think they've started to play a little bit better under Dean Smith. And um, the way that I saw Leeds play with, with Javi Grazia at the helm against uh, Liverpool, was an absolute shambles. Um, they have no structure, it looks like. And without Tyler Adams, they really miss him. You know, the, the American Dynamo in midfield, I think he really breaks up play well. And they miss him a lot. So I, I personally think it'll be a Leicester victory. Uh, but just wrapping it up, my lock of the week is is a biased one. I'm going to take Liverpool to beat Tottenham on Sunday at Anfield. 
Um, as we've discussed a couple of times, the only team to beat Liverpool at Anfield this season is Leeds. So uh, I don't expect Tottenham to do that, especially with uh, Ryan Mason, the uh, the young manager, taking the helm. I think uh, Liverpool's starting to round into form, and I personally feel that Tottenham is is going to fall back a little bit. They got a tough week with with United on Thursday as well. So that's my pick. All right, it would be really nice not to be biased on it either to see Spurs do the inverse of normally what they do, which is squeak their way into a top position. I'd love to see the opposite happen where they actually fall out of the the key spots there. So that would be a nice little comeuppance, I think, for them and what uh, what has been coming for quite some time with with the leadership that they've had with 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 Daniel Levy and everything. So that's just me shitting on some Spurs, but that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Christian, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was yeah, nice you. to talk to the more handsome and more educated Tessera <laughs> brother. Just, just, just while yeah, we're in the Christian, same room, we love this you, is man. the first time back. that we're actually in the same spot at the same time. A lot of people we get confused. You know, they, they normally <laughs> yeah. consider me. So who's taller? Who, who's the taller Tessera oh, yeah. brother? I, when Come I'm on, wearing my question. Air Force, I'm question, a little man. bit taller, but that's it. <laughs> next question. Um, <laughs> I will say for the viewers that can't see us, it's uncomfortably close between James and I <laughs> speaking into the microphone. <laughs> We're rubbing thighs. Oh, I mean, an outer shoulder. That's uh, that's about as close as I'll get to you tonight. So I appreciate it, Christian. Thank you, my brother, quite Thank literally, you guys for, for, for coming by. It was you a know. lot of fun. I hope I can come back sometime. You so. definitely will. You definitely will. We'll see if they start next season in the four-three-three format, and we'll. We'll we'll pin it all on you and the the, the signing the re-signing of Jose Marino and uh, I mean and the four three three four would yield what fifteen players on the field <laughs> something like but, that um, yeah. yeah next time Chelsea and Man City meet in the Champions League finals we'll have we'll have some we'll do another you know we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. throw a friendly bet yeah M- maybe a little less than last time but a friendly bet yeah <laughs> <laughs> well well until next time everyone as always here at the uh, the EPL state of mind. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate your support and we appreciate your listen. So until next week, or actually really until Wednesday. So tune in for that special viewing and a little extra social media action going on this week. Thank you and have a good rest of your night.